0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of your program and also the producer here. And we've got a great program lined up for you. A little shorter than we normally have, where we have two hours to present to you. But this day, we're going to be talking about something very important to the future of science and industry in our area. You stay tuned, because we have some folks in studio here who have the key to that future. Coming up on the Internet Advisor... Welcome aboard, the Internet advisor Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell in house, and everybody else is on a cruise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. At least I think Cal
0: deserves he. this cruise. Yeah. Yes, he does indeed. I'm, t- I'm teasing to a certain extent, but it's true. Uh, our co-host Cal Carson is on a cruise with his wife mm-hmm. in the Caribbean, I believe. Somewhere down there. Somewhere down there. Somewhere Some, it's sunny. Somewhere and in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean, yeah. I and, hope he uh, burns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the other person who's down there is Shane Hamlin. Yep. Shane Hamlin's down T- at Cancun. On the other
3: side. Yep. He's in Cancun with his
0: uh, with his wife, yep. and they're celebrating uh, an anniversary. And the rest of us are here yep. without yep. sand between our toes. Mm. But,
3: Gary, you are coming week. You're going to be down. I will be. I'll be down in the sun. I'll be going to the Miami Boat Show. Oh, my goodness. uh, I'm I'm going to broadcast from down there. We'll see how it works. We are going to do it. As a matter of fact, you You guys will all be here, and then I'll Skype in during the breaks. That's it. you know, we tell people, and it's really true, really fun stuff happens during the break. So I can't miss that. (laughs) And then I'll be on the phone, you know. To have good quality and
4: well. speaking sure. of which, apparently Google is going to be allowing uh, anyone with ten thousand followers or more to get free uh, um, uh, live broadcasts, but they have to have at least ten thousand oh, followers. Oh, really? Yes. On Google Plus, uh, YouTube, on YouTube. Yes, really. So if you That's have really ten thousand people following you on YouTube on your YouTube channel, you can wow. get. Uh, f- uh, I mean, uh, you can get the free live
0: broadcasting. Wow, that is really interesting. Definitely. For now, and then eventually it'll be free to everyone. I probably will. I, I, I believe, isn't it on Facebook? Now, I haven't looked into this. Definitely, We have to get Sherry Cam on help us. Oh, through Periscope, you mean? No, it's not Periscope anymore. But apparently there is a form of broadcasting you can do on Facebook as well. You're right. That we're going to yeah. have
3: to delve into. But 2017
0: is definitely going to be the year of video for us.
3: Oh my I, gosh. I will tell you that I was thinking, okay, I could get both friends... <laughs> and now I only have nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight more to go. Right? <laughs> well, that's one
4: thing we don't have. We have a Facebook page, but we do not have a YouTube channel.
3: Ah, uh, we. That's do a YouTube
0: the next
4: step, Dad. The next great leap. You well, know ready? I, And we have that uh, Camtasia product now. That, they, that uh, we're, we were looking at the the, oh, yes. the Snagit, that's which right. is a much better and uh, just evolutionary better than our previous products we've played with and that, it yeah. also does live video captures so not only do you, when you hit the it's it's a tool that you can use on your laptop uh-huh. uh for, on your pc or your mac so that you can capture a, a sequence on your screen and you can then um use arrows and balloons and um yeah you yeah. know so memory bubbles to express your screenshot right. great product
3: it- takes and really walks somebody right through the process so it's great for tech support and all sorts of things right? yes
4: and but what's nice about this product is it has a clipboard in the background where you can just quickly capture six or eight images without stepping and pasting and it, and it creates Only. a slideshow for with, with you and then you can go back to that palette later on and start editing and it also has the same ability with video so I'm, I'm playing with the idea of, uh, of opening up a YouTube channel that we could
0: use for the internet advisor definitely. and give some demonstrations
3: definitely I'll get both of my friends to join that, that, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Two. There's the two.
0: I have to say the folks from Airfoil, which is the PR agency that's handling the PR for TechSmith, mm-hmm. the company, the company Michigan company that, right. that yeah. makes yeah, that, up
3: in uh, Okemos.
0: They have offered to have somebody come in studio and to teach us about that. I've kind of hesitated because it's a fi- it's a visual uh, component, which makes it difficult to talk on, about on, on, radio, on the radio. <laughs> but we need
3: to expand, right? That's so true. This is uh, an expanded channel, and yep. we had Wendy Hamilton. Who is Bill Hamilton's uh, daughter? That's right. And she's now taken over the company. And uh, you know, Bill did such a great job, but it, that was 19 years ago. Yeah. And now his daughter's um, taking over the company, and they're taking it, you know, further and accelerating the growth. So hopefully, uh, that'll be a, a another. Kind of a, a take two, but a really good success yeah. story for a tech company here in Michigan.
0: And I know you've been experimenting with this this week. been they gave you. Oh, gave, I, you know, I do screen captures
4: all the time when I'm working with people through emails. And sometimes, great instructional, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes you do, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Right. So I do a quick screenshot and I put a memory bubble next to it with explanation text. That's great. What I'm going to experiment with now is maybe I'll just do live video captures and send them a little MP4. Yes. You know, and uh, with my
0: voice over it. And it's so easy to capture with this. Now, how is this different from some of the capture technologies? Like, for instance, I have something called Grab It on on my Mac. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and Windows 8 and 10 have a Snippet. Snippet. Snippet, that's right. Very limited. They're you know. very okay. That's the deal. Yeah, is that they're very very more limited. Much
3: functionality for Snagit and Camtasia is very different than either one of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. And how is
4: Camtasia different from those? Oh, for the, the, well, the Snagit, well, the Camtasia product is uh, um, it's video, it's video and stills and editing software. Uh-huh. What we're looking at right now is just the the Snagit, which is allows you to snag uh, uh, either video or screenshots.
0: Okay. Yeah. And uh, which is like snippet uh, and grab it on steroids. And Camtasia is the bigger package uh, yeah. package yeah. and that is the one in which you can get video
4: and video editing yeah
0: with multi-tracks wow yeah yeah we, we looked at that we had that um many years ago many years ago when did, it was
3: did use it but, but it certainly but has much better it
0: has developed well beyond that and i think that is the exciting thing now and this is a michigan-based product um that started out here gary how many years ago But well, i
3: think it's 19.
0: Yeah, almost as as long as we've been around. That's right, Mm -hmm. 19 years. And uh, it has just continued. What I love is it's continued to develop here in Michigan. That's Mm -hmm. right. It hasn't been gobbled up by somebody else. I don't
3: know how many people there's, I don't know... over a hundred people in Alchemist at TechSmith and uh, just
0: east of uh, Lansing,
3: right? right. And uh, and again, they're they're starting to grow again, which is wonderful to see. They're over yep. 50 million in, in sales. Well, it which makes takes perfect throw.
4: sense because the the video and the and the YouTube and. Um, Everything is just growing exponentially. People are coming up with their own channels. They want simple tools.
0: Well, we're going to be talking about, I mentioned before, the future of science and technology with somebody who is very much keyed into that with the Michigan Science Center. And then as Shion Phillips, who is our guest in studio. We'll be reintroducing him formally to you in just a moment. In a half-teasing way, I spoke before at the beginning of the program about talking about the future of technology with our guest who is in studio. And that, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that Shion Phillips, who is with the Michigan Science Center, is in many ways, because of his involvement, in a program called STEM, very much involved in the future of technology for us. We certainly hope he is. Shion, thank you very much for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and now you've been involved, as I understand, at the Michigan Science Center for quite a few years in developing uh, their STEM program. Explain what STEM is, first of all.
2: So, STEM stands for, it's an acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. And uh, whenever you hear that acronym STEM, just know it stands for those subjects.
3: Now, have you um, integrated the arts at all? Because a lot of people are starting to talk in terms of STEAM, Right. And put arts in there, too, because arts and and design a lot of times uh, go hand in hand with some of the technology.
2: Yeah. So we have incorporated the arts as well. So we kind of go in the quasi STEM, STEAM. Uh, When you think about um, the things that we're doing at the Michigan Science Center, there's a lot of art that's involved with all of your designing, all the form factors and with technology. You have to make a product that looks good, which has a lot of art that is incorporated in it.
0: Now, when was, STEM, I guess I Gary from the years that we've dealt with it with the Michigan Conference of Women in Technology, Michigan been, Council. Yep, they've been very involved in that. With I have, I've identified it with women, with girls. Is it is that fair, or is is that the direction that it has been mainly focused in?
2: For pertaining to
0: for getting kids involved in in science, technology, engineering, and math, that has been primarily kind of to help girls get on board. I,
3: with I don't this. think so. We talk to so. a, a lot of the women right through the Michigan yeah. um, Council on Women in Technology, but and they talk because that's who they help our young young girls to stay involved in STEM. And it's and there's a lot of boys that have been involved, but it's really very broad, non gender, right? Well,
2: I mean, so <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that we, we look at to do at the Science Center and what our, what our vision is, is that we want to empower and enrich all children and communities with STEM. So as you guys are, are talking, um, my background is actually in engineering and in my classes, I, it's safe to say there were a lot of females that were in my classes mm-hmm. and, and, and women were, were lacking in our classes, which means that they're not going to pursue those different careers.
3: So that I my. My daughter and all of her friends thought that was a a real good reason to be involved in STEM, because right? <laughs> <laughs> there weren't many other girls there. <laughs> well,
4: you know, my son was involved with STEM up at the school system that he attended. That's right. And one of the benefits of that, of, of STEM, is the hands-on aspect of it. Because usually when you if you have a child and they're sitting up there and you're just memorizing boring formulas and in the math stuff, you have to make that how does this apply in the real world? Type of okay, thing, okay. And that's where the engineering portion of it comes in. Then things start clicking together when they, the kids start moving and the mo- uh, motorizing their hands and they think and the creativity all together. That's when, you know, the um, rockets start going off in their head and, and the excitement comes and the passion comes for the kids. How was that? Was that good?
2: That, that was great. So what you're talking about is, is being able to retain information by um, doing hands-on projects. Yeah. And at the Science Center, that's that's all uh, what we focus on is we want our students to be able to um, do hands-on projects so that they can retain the information and that it's fun, cool, engaging, exciting. And you get that through the hands-on engagement
0: what has been the history of the STEM education or the STEM programming at the the Science Center?
2: Yeah, so we have a program um, as you, as we're talking about uh, girls in STEM. It's called the STEM and EASTA Project, and the the focus of this project and the reason why we started it is because we want to be able to defy the statistics and uh, focus on the gender bias of getting girls interested in STEM. And we the focus is girls between the grades of fourth through eighth grade and the different components we have is what you just alluded to is the hands-on component of it so each of the sessions girls are creating a car a robot they're designing it they're they're competing amongst each other they're becoming comfortable in the different stem disciplines because we're also incorporating role models to introduce them to what stems about in their profession and that's
3: usually the problem isn't it um so many times uh there's a bias against. Oh, you know, this may be too hard for a girl. This may be not. You you should go into something else. And and I know that uh, that it. And all too often, when I was growing up, eons ago, <laughs> that was true. Um, it's really not true today, right? People have realized that. Hey, guess what? They're absolutely as smart, and many times smarter than <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the right. boy sitting next to them. Right? right. So. Um, it's wonderful to see us, and and that's really the age group where we kind of start to lose them, right? Because they're in, they're interested before that, and then they start saying, that's "Well, true. I better be yeah. interested in something else." So how do you how do you go about
2: doing that at the at the how science do you keep center? Them? <laughs> so we go about doing that in in various ways. Uh, one way is we have continuous program that happens every second Saturday that's called uh, STEM Anista Saturdays. And each of those programs, we bring in community partners because the the beauty about the STEM Anista project is that we want to incorporate as many community members as possible that are also doing STEM within the area so that they're coming in and, you know, we've had overnight hackathons where girls will stay for the entire night, Mm -hmm. create a mobile app, and they will pitch the idea in terms of what they designed. Oh,
0: I love that. Yeah, Justin did that just recently up Yeah, it, it was
2: called
3: Sparta Hack. Yeah, Sparta. yeah and, I love uh, that. 36 hours and create a mobile app. And uh, I asked him if he won, and he said... It was a great learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they, they had a great time. They really. By the way, our there guest, were four of them, that team together. <laughs> our
0: guest in studio is Sean Phillips, who is the vice president of education and engagement at the Michigan Science Center. You know, I stepped into this without taking care of a very basic business, and that is where is the Michigan Science Center, <laughs> and tell people where it is and how to get to it.
2: Yeah, so our address is 5020 uh, John R. Street, located off of uh, Warren and John R., um, the intersection. And you'll see a, a we have a IMAX, a planetarium. Oh, yeah. Um, and you'll see our signs right on the building and right across from the, the DIA, you'll see us. And, there. and pretty soon you'll be able to talk in terms of... Um,
3: Q line stops you know we'll be at this Q line yes, stop right we actually have a Q line stop <laughs> yeah, there you go i was
0: <laughs> i love it i love it really great i want to make sure that people understood where that is it's part of the wonderful cultural center that we have in in michigan the, the detroit institute of arts down there the libraries down there so many wonderful cultural institutions that have been part of detroit for a long long time are down there and are wonderful resources now do people have to pay to get in i want to make you know again kind of get the basic out of the way there
2: yeah, they do have to pay to get in. Um, if you're a walk-in visitor, we have you know various packages that um, are listed online, um, as well as um, the great thing about students is we are we have different student group rates. So during the the week, we have a lot of student groups that come to the science center. To uh, partake in our different exhibits and hands-on activities.
0: Do I hear you have scholarships as well? For, we do, for, especially for the STEM thing.
2: Yeah, so for the Steminista, we have sponsors of science. Um, a lot of, of corporate sponsors have been able to to back this project oh, to to make it affordable for all our girls to to partake in the activities. The program on Saturdays it's it's ten dollars, and if um, oh geez, we, that's... yeah, and we also have you know. Um, sponsorship, should that be um, a barrier for anyone? So when
0: a kid, well, when, when a young lady comes in to to participate in that particular one, uh, is she coming? Is there going to be lunch served? I mean, what what is the day like for them?
2: That's a great question because the kids want to eat. <laughs> so, so yeah, get so get the important <laughs> stuff out of the way. <laughs> so the program is from ten to three, and lunch is provided every single program. And um, so
0: go ahead. Yeah, so said.
2: so through that experience, they're able to you know they start out from the program. They um, do some things in the science center. They build their project. They have lunch, and then um, the program concludes at three o'clock. What a deal! Ten bucks. And, I, and hold I'll, on I'll bet 10 they bucks. come back, right? Because <laughs> there's they
3: only can partake in a whole, in a small sliver of what you actually yeah. do and have there. So they look at things and they go, I can't, you know, I can't really go immerse myself in that, and they want to come back and do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, be prepared
5: to do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> all
0: right. Our guest, by, uh, by the way, is Sean Phillips. He's the vice president of education and engagement at the Michigan Science Center. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other STEM things that are going on there, besides the STEM and step program that you have going on. We're talking about the Michigan Science Center and their science, technology, engineering, and math program, something really worthwhile for kids, boys, and girls of all ages to get involved in. Boston around Gary Baker and Ed Rudell here in-house. And by the way, thanks again to our buddy behind the glass. Hi <laughs> there, Mike Stetson. Thank you so much for your help. And uh, our guest in studio is Shion Phillips. He is the Vice President of Education and Engagement at the Michigan Science Center. And you know, Gary, as much as we would like talking about um, uh, the different technical resources, you know, c- companies, et cetera, we promoted them in this area, I love promoting our cultural institutions as well. We have such a wealth of them in this area. And one of those jewels is the Michigan Science Center. And Sean, you've been working there now since what, uh, 2006?
2: Am I right? No, I've been at the Science Center since 2015. Oh,
0: 2015, a little later. Oh, okay. But you've been involved in STEM education.
2: Yes, since uh, 2000 and so before 2006. But I, I used to work actually at Motorola and mm. I've been involved in STEM education since uh, 2008, 2009.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: And and the website
3: address is what?
2: We'll put it on our website, but it's mi. Oh, so the website, so our website is www.mi-sci.org. org. Okay. And if they go there, they can sign up for a newsletter? Yeah, they go out there, the best thing to do is sign up for our newsletter because we have a lot of different promotions and activities that will keep you in the loop. And through the website, you can see our, our different shows that are happening, as well as um, you know the IMAX, Planetarium... And just design your whole experience.
0: That IMAX that's is exciting. so cool. They got all stuff going on at IMAX all the time,
3: right? So
2: what? The, yeah, anything coming up that's cool? Yeah. So we have uh, the movie Dream Big that is opening up next weekend, and the movie is an excellent movie about um, engineering and designing. And as the title says, to dream big, which we should always okay. do. I love it. Um, and so then on, a, on an IMAX, it
3: it is going <laughs> to be big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why they put it on the
2: IMAX, right?
0: And <laughs> you were asking a question too before about the different displays at the Michigan
4: that's true because you know i've gone to the rock and roll hall of fame which should be in detroit and i've gone there (laughs) several times and uh and it seems so static and the only thing that ever changed was the eighth floor which was like bruce springsteen one time and youtube another and the youtube yeah yeah. uh, youtube youtube and uh um, but everything else was so static so how often do things change up and it sounds like you know, when when you sign up for your newsletter, that you you'll be notified of how often these things change. So, how often do you change things up over there?
2: Yeah, so we're always getting new movies. We're always um, adding new stage shows. I think, which is probably one of the most exciting parts of it. Well,
0: that's is right. It's a whole stage
2: show too. Stage shows. <laughs> I love and it. Mixing that in between, and um, being able to also incorporate new programming around the science center. So when you come. You're going to interact with the with scientist in the lab coat and be able to do fun, hands-on projects around the Science Center.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm so seeing on the site that uh, there are exhibits and live shows, so now you got to just go down and figure out which ones that uh, you just can't miss— and sign up for those.
0: Doesn't it sound like a wonderful family activity? I mean, I I almost wish I was raising my girls again to be able to uh, and be you able go out and enjoy these. You kind know, of things. I really
4: missed that uh, when the when the kids are now in college or out of the house. Yeah. I really missed all those spontaneous. Hey, the school's planning a trip to the Detroit Science Center, or <laughs> let's go up to Mott and do the and go. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, 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 I know. really miss that, and the I Scouts know. too. When we were in the
2: Scouts, we
0: had field trips all the time, and I I really missed those days. You've got a big day coming up, I understand, March the 11th.
2: Yeah, so March 11th is our year two kickoff of the Easter project, and it's also mixed with a, a free day sponsored by Ford Motor Company um, in honor of oh. Women's History Month.
0: Oh, that is really cool. So you can get in free. And enjoy all the goodies that there are there at the Michigan Science Center for nothing. Thanks to the folks at Ford Motor Company. That is really fantastic. And you said it's, it's, it's the kickoff of the second year of the STEManista project. Now, just a recap again for people who may have joined us a little late. STEManista refers to a program in which there are mentors that are included in training girls for girls in particular, right? That's the
2: focus? Yeah, so we focus on girls between 4th through 8th grade, and it is... Um, around programming that girls are able to do different hands-on projects. The piece that you're speaking about in particular is the role models. So we're looking for, for role models to... Be able to show girls and inspire them about I love what they're doing in yeah. their field, I which love is that. very
0: powerful. Yeah, yeah, I really love that.
2: So, you know, I'm looking at the theaters under the
3: theater section, right? And, and the IMAX dome, wow, really cool. <laughs> a lot of it in 3D, I'm sure. And the planetarium, I would like that personally, and I know a lot of other people would. But I'm really unsure about the next one over, which is the Toyota. 4D theater. Now what's 4D theater? Really? Come on.
2: You know, who's? where did they sneak that other D in? Right. So right now we're 4, who knows how high. How high go. But, um, so when you think about 4D, you have motion, you mm-hmm. have air, you have snow, sparks. Um, so that's what the 4D theater is okay. about. Um, and, and, and right now we're actually- um, I'm going to get rained on? You actually may. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be funny. You'll be in the splash zone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so right now we're actually um, so we're doing some major renovations into the the Toyota Engineering Theater, and you have to check it out. Yeah, uh, very
1: it out.
0: cool. Sounds again another hands-on experience. How did you get involved in all of this? As a young African-American man, how did you get involved in this?
2: That's a great question. So I uh, so I went to the University of Michigan, studied electrical engineering, and then I went on, as I said earlier, I, I worked at Motorola designing cell phones. And then a colleague and I uh, started again to STEM education, started our own organization oh. out of Chicago. And from there, um, the organization's still going on. It's called Project Sincere. And from there, I just fell in love with education mixed with engineering and that Mm -hmm. was my passion and i've been educating students from within stem for for a very long time and when you see that light bulb click and you see them that are you see that they came when they weren't interested and they changed their their interest level for school their attendance is increased they they have a, a newfound love for math and science and they're able to connect that to a profession.
4: Yeah, and, and that's so important nowadays because so many kids, and I've seen this with a lot of kids that my son graduated school with, is they're still at home playing video games, and they <laughs> never made that connection yeah. because they said they were going to come out and they wanted to go to college and program video games, and they're still at mom and dad's house living in the basement, and they never made that connection about turning their passion and, and into something. Never know, made the jump. Never made the jump. Yeah. Yep. So,
3: where did you grow up? I grew
2: up. I grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago.
3: Okay. Yeah. And then came to Michigan,
2: came found... Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor, and then yeah, then yep. I went back to Chicago, and then came back to Michigan, and here yeah. I am. Oh, okay. Did you come to
0: U of M for for your degree? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in engineering. Yeah. yeah. The reason I asked you, by the way, before about being a young African American man coming into this is I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm imagining that some of the barriers to involvement are the same kind of ones that you see young women running into. Uh, in terms of ceilings yes. and limited possibilities and no, no, that's not for you kind of thing.
2: Yes, and that is very true. So when when I when you think about the classroom within college, there's not a lot of African-American men in there. there. There are not a lot of women that are in there as well. So we do have a, a similar, I would say, uphill battle in terms of being one of few in the classroom yeah. and being able to just be confident. And I think the supporting group and the cast that you are able to 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 build yourself around is is important because the engineering is is something that takes hard work and and effort to to get through and i think for a a student or a a young kid to be able to connect that to them very early because math and science are strong building blocks Mm -hmm. and you need need the foundation to continue to matriculate to um to all the way to college and, and so forth
0: we continue to hear, Gary, around here. I, I was just listening the other day to uh, Mike Brennan's uh, um, M-Squared TechCast, and he was interviewing somebody who was talking about the fact that employers in this area are still crying out for labor.
3: We absolutely they, are. There's, there's not di- enough people that are skilled, that are trained to to be involved in IT the way we need them to.
0: Exactly. That's a desperate need, and you're at a, at the, at a cutting edge of that, um, Sean. Yes. Extremely important part of that. Is developing that uh, that labor pool by getting the kids in, you know, at that age involved and interested in it as well. Do you see that growing?
2: Yeah, I I do see it. I do see it growing. I think there's a lot of work that that needs to be done. Um, As it is around the, the country, science is our science scores aren't strong. Yeah. And I think there needs to be more of a focus in the sciences to be able to increase those scores. And um, science is a, is a topic that it's very interesting, but it also, you know, t- it takes some work. It's demanding.
0: It's demanding. Yeah, it's demanding. You know, I, I see us, I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I see us depending on these H-1 visas, you know, mm-hmm. way too much. You mean we haven't got people intelligent enough in our, consul- in our own country to be it, able to do that kind it, of thing?
3: It's not intelligence, right? It's no. just having the opportunity and to be involved and to stay involved. Now, there is some there's some attitude but there's also the yeah it's hard it's not terribly easy now you got a lot of support around it i know that my son is uh, in the college of engineering in computer science up at MSU he gets a lot of hand holding right to to make sure that he's getting it and and uh, everybody does up there and and in a lot of other places too i don't know what your experience was were you in the um, you were in engineering, obviously, as
2: a as a double E
3: major. So, did you find that at Michigan too?
2: Yeah, so I was I was in engineering, and I was able to uh, be able to. I mean, I, I was always the one that loved math and science, and <laughs> yeah. the fact that math and science was was the key. Um, engineering is how I got. Connected and they didn't to have it. to work real hard at encouraging. Them. That's right. Sean
0: Phillips, thanks so much for being with us and for all the work that you do with the Michigan Science Center, folks. The website again is mi-s. SCI, sorry, MI dash dot Even though our program is uh, shortened by an hour today, um, MSU uh, basketball that's coming up, <coughs> excuse me, shortly after us. Um, we have uh, as usual our usual group of suspects gathered here, and one of them is Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. Mike, welcome to the show again.
6: Thanks, Foster. Always a pleasure.
0: Not traveling today. Not in any... No, no,
6: I'm in Ann Arbor today, uh, just sort of chilling out, but boy, next week's a blur,
0: so. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Gary's doing the same thing. He's traveling next week as well. MI Tech News, by the way, folks, uh, is busy all week long gathering information about technology and entrepreneurship. And something I want to mention just before we get to your headlines is that folks should also tune in to your M-Squared Cast. And, uh, Mike, talk a little bit about that because it is a wealth of information about entrepreneurship in particular.
6: Yeah, well, it uh, takes place. It's it's not a terrestrial, it's only over the Internet. You get it at podcastdetroit.com. And it's from 3 to 4 on Mondays when we're live. Um, and then we've got a whole bunch of different associations that we work with now Small Business yes. Association of Michigan, Mobile Technology Association of Michigan, and a lo- very long list. And so they give us their news monthly, and then uh, we do four segments on the show, and and, and and we try to save some of it for w- when there's breaking news, too. So we have a whole potpourri of things. And then, of course, it's available on demand uh, in uh, on our website and through our weekly newsletter on Wednesday, where we feature all the podcasts, including mm-hmm. yours.
0: Yep. And matter of fact, we mentioned—I mentioned a little earlier on today uh, Sean Phillips is with us in studio. He is the vice president of, pardon me, of education at um, the Michigan Science Center. There, uh, yeah. education and and, and and engagement. And you were interviewing his boss, if I'm not wrong, on Doctor- Monday.
6: Yeah, Dr. Tanya Matthews. Uh, we uh, kicked off uh, that segment. It's going to appear monthly. We're going to, uh, you know, keep everybody abreast on what's happening there at the Science Center, all the good works, particularly with the STEM and program, which yes. is for young women to get them plugged into the STEM professions, which everybody really wants right now. And so we're doing our little part to help out.
0: All right. Now let's talk about some of the headlines you've gathered this week. What I saw was <laughs> I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek or not. It says, election audit cites human error in Detroit. 31 voted twice statewide. Is that yeah, it?
6: <laughs> that was a sort of a snafu, a technical snafu. The Bureau of Elections audit, uh, well, there's a lot of issues in Detroit in general. A lot of the poll workers just weren't trained correctly. A lot of them are older that really don't understand technology. Uh, so that, that's one issue. But two... Uh, The main thing was that uh, something like 45 cities and townships downloaded electronic poll book data two weeks prior to the election, so people that had sent in absentee ballots weren't recorded. So in that case, we had 31 folks voting twice. They folks that sent in their absentee ballots may or may not have realized they've done it. Who knows? I don't know what the yeah. deal yeah, is.
3: Yeah, but then right. they also
6: voted. But I mean, it's a really small number. It isn't yeah. like I
3: know when our, I saw thirty-one gee, I saw When I... you vote, when you vote absentee <laughs> and then you go vote at the polls, right? Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. and I don't so bad, know who so that they was voted bad, for That was bad yeah. judgment. It's not bad judgment when you cheat, right? You know, <laughs> only when, when you, you get cheat. caught. Oh, right? it's <laughs> bad judgment to get caught. That's right.
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, but it's only 31. It wasn't 3 to 5 million right. like the president that, of ours said. That you know? was the
0: part that I got I got the chuckle <laughs> out of. One other thing here I saw, and this kind of surprised me, is that U.S. visitors may be asked to give up social media passwords to border agents. Yeah,
6: that's, that's one of the things that Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly told uh, uh, the House uh, during his confirmation hearings and whatnot, is that... Donald Trump's administration is looking at that possibility, and that wouldn't be for everybody that visits That's just for those seven countries that he's targeted. Oh, but once you get a foot in the door, does oh, yeah. it stop? Oh, stop.
7: Yeah.
6: Um, and then what is that going to do to, you know, you say that to our visitors, gee, we want to have you come over and spend money, but we're going to have to have your social media password first. I don't think I'd come.
3: You know, uh, why would we have to ask them for that? Why don't we just get NSA to give it
6: to us? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they get, yeah, I mean, yeah, they've already got it, so what are we, what are we doing here, you know? So.
4: Well, you don't even need that. You could just ask the social media company to give it to you with a warrant, if it's that important. Come on.
6: Absolutely, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's just one more hurdle. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not... But, I have to be careful here, but I'm not real impressed so far with the Trump administration in the sense of they don't seem to really understand what's going on and how to do things yet, but they're brand new. you got to yep. give them a chance, right? Well, it's you know?
4: like that bully in the lunch line that wants to steal your lunch money, yeah. you know?
6: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So it's... Very crazy right now, but hopefully it'll sort itself out here.
0: Well, this is one of the many topics. These are just a few of the headlines that you'll find with MITech News, and that's the kind of thing that's delivered on Fridays. But as Mike has said, you'll also get audio resources, all sorts of things delivered throughout the week, including Wednesday. And how much does that cost, Mike?
6: Nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing. All you have to do is send in your email address to MITechnews.com or to internetadvisor.net and on our page you'll find a place that you can link in there as well and then have it come to your home free for nothing. Mike, again, thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to being with you this coming week as well.
6: All right. Thanks very much, Foster. We'll do it again
0: next week. All right, Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of Mi Tech News. I want to wrap things up here with our guest in studio, Sheon Phillips, who is the Vice President for Education and Engagement at the Michigan Science Center. We've been talking with him a little bit before in this hour about the many resources that the Science Center has. You have a particular call of action, though, that you wanted to make sure they got out here before the end of the program.
2: Yeah, so we have, we have a vision to empower and enrich all children and all communities with STEM, And the STEM Project is something that we're continuing to grow and to reach even more girls. So if you know a girl in fourth through eighth grade, please spread the word about the STEM Project and encourage her to attend a workshop any second Saturday of the month. Also, if you'd like to be a STEM role model, please visit our website at www.mi-sci.org to complete your profile and sign up to volunteer at one of our many events.
0: And hey, you asked a question before, Ed, about uh, the school districts that are um, connected to the... Or... Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how many school districts were
4: were involved, if it was, uh, you know, everyone in this area, if they're out of state, what type of relationship you have with them.
2: Yeah, so we have people come from from Canada, from out of state. Uh, for the most part, most of our, our schools, students that are coming are within, you know, Detroit and Metro Detroit. But, yeah, we have people visiting the Science Center from all around, the, the state as well, of our neighboring states. Now, what was
4: well. the number you said about that? How many people,
0: students visit?
2: Yeah, about 60,000 students for the year. Wow.
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. Yes. And that's something I hope that keeps on growing.
2: Yes, that's yeah. what we want. All realize.
4: right. <laughs> Especially <laughs> in today's uh, time frame, and with all the technology at everyone's fingertips, you know, it's the kids have to know where it's from and 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 what types of technology are out there and what type of science is out there.
0: You know, the plea too is that the kids they like playing their games, etc. Why not take them to some place that will expand that horizon? That's where I was heading yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where when you think when you take them in, suddenly it's more than just a cell phone. It's more than just the the video game. Yes. It's got all these things they can get their hands in. They can get into that gooey stuff. There was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some stuff on an image that had was on the internet of these kids just kind of getting in the slime and (laughs) you you know and remember lego company uh, years
4: ago were just the blocks think think of the change that that one company did and with the robotics program that has you know shepherded in in robotics clubs throughout the entire world
0: oh that is and and then
4: introducing kids to that and then how what type of factor that you know into programming into into boast or boosting stem programs it's amazing
0: absolutely that little change Well, Sean, again, thank you so much for being with us here. And the very best to you and the folks at the Michigan Science Center. Folks, if you want to find out more about that, you can simply go to mi-sci.org. That's mi-sci.org. That'll take you to the website. There's so much there to find out about uh, the different packages that they have going on there, what's going on at IMAX. And then coming up on March the 11th, is a big event, right?
2: Right. We have our free day as well as our ste- as well as our Stemminista Year Two kickoff event.
0: Absolutely. So check it out, please, folks. And Sean, thank you again for being there, guys. We're gonna head out of the door. Because coming up is Michigan State basketball. But for those of you who enjoy listening to us answer questions for folks, that's going to be happening if you're listening to our podcast. So stay tuned for that. For the rest of you, stick around for Michigan State basketball coming up here on WJR. Go Green. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. Now let's get back to the Internet Advisor. Hi, this is the bonus round. <laughs> I'm Foster Brown, and this is our number three of the Internet Advisor, a special additional hour on this 19th anniversary program. Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson are in studio with me, along with Kasten Thomas, ready to answer your questions. If you give us a call right now at 800-859-0957, that's 800-859-0957, we'll get some answers for you. Welcome to hour number three of the Internet Advisory. And this is the hour, by the way, when you get to call in with your questions. And we'll take a crack with our expert crew here of answering those questions. And by the way, we have some extra help in here with Kasten Thomas, our cybersecurity expert, who is here to pitch in and help answer some questions as well. Well,
3: it's a great time to ask security-related questions because Kasten's here. And for everybody that uh, wanted to ask uh, an Apple question or a Mac question, uh, for the last two or three weeks, uh, Cal's in studio, so uh, ask away.
0: Yep, exactly. By the way, I want to mention that we've got three winners from this last hour of that book that we were giving away, the one we interviewed uh, Josh Linker for, Hacking Innovation. And congratulations to John Humphrey of Royal Oak, Brian Breisucker, I believe I've got that right, Brian, in St. Clair Shores,
3: and our old friend Paul Sr., Paul Amici, down in Houston, Texas, Super Bowl City. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. He continues to listen to us. I don't know, I know. why. But he can.
0: <laughs> no, you know what he also did is uh, he's given us some program ideas, and I mm. thought you know talking about hacking innovation, one of the one of the principles is crowdsourcing. Oh yes, and yeah. and that is gathering suggestions from people like you for topics. And he came up with a humdinger, uh, mesh networking, and oh, yeah. so we're going to. And he gave us a link for that, and we're going to look into that as well. Um, okay, the number again, 800-859-0957. That's for your questions. We've given the books away right now, so congratulations to those folks who got uh, the copy of the book. Always sending that in the mail.
8: Uh, thank I, you. I, I just got to have fun with Gary. I, okay, I just can't, I, okay. I've been gone for a You've couple weeks. You've been gone for too long. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah, right, I missed you. Did you get a lot of Apple calls? We got a couple. A couple, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, you just plug it in. It
3: works. <laughs> 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 that, that's not what they said, actually. <laughs> 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 and we couldn't answer them. Cal, so. Cal, well, Cal, if they Cal call have, back, I'll be
0: more than glad
8: to
3: okay.
0: give it
8: my best shot. Uh.
0: Cal will have to tell you that, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago, I called I and said, help, because I actually got nailed on my Mac. I don't know what I did or what I bumped into, but I my browsers were all tied up. Did that fix it? Uh well no that one didn't fix it it wasn't the flashback okay. uh, but but uh, malwarebytes ed took care of it and I I I downloaded the version for Mac for the Mac yeah for the sure. Mac and uh, after running that it it kicked out a bunch of 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 uh, adware not adware um. It was malware that yeah. was running in there. Foster, and did you click
5: on something you weren't supposed to?
0: <laughs> I must have. I don't know what it was. And that's the worst
8: part about it. You don't know necessarily what it is that you're well, bumping into. Yeah, because stuff can be buried anywhere. I, I had a, an associate who came to me and said, I've got this big thing on my screen that says, uh, you know, I have this problem. I need to call tech support. And I go like, that's it. Where were you? And they said, well, I was on Amazon trying to buy something. Yeah. They just dump it out there somewhere, just waiting for you to unsuspect. You know, it may have been that exactly. All of a
0: sudden, my browsers were taken over by this Comcast thing. It says, "You're going to call our tech center," and it had this big picture of a, and looked pretty legitimate. And and uh, I, darned if I was going to do that.
4: Yeah, so don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And you know, my understanding is a lot of the stuff is propagated by ads that are actually thrown on there.
0: No, I have an ad blocker. Yeah. I have ad block on on all of my uh, browsers.
4: So yeah.
3: I had a, a a partner in GPS for Leaders, uh, this mobile app uh, uh, startup that we're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, he had the same thing. Came from Xfinity, Comcast was tough, and uh, I just said put. Malware bites on. He goes, okay. He did that. Took care of it. Well, it
0: took care of it. And the other so, thing I had was it was hijacking my browsers and telling me my McAfee uh, subscription was was um, expired. Expired. I don't have McAfee. Never yeah. have had McAfee. That should be your first clue. Yeah, well, that was exactly it. When that when that came up, boom, and then the other thing was it told me my flash was out of date, you know, which is, I'm not going to even touch that. Okay, let's go to Rob from is. Brownstone Township. Thank you very much for being with us, sir. What can we do to help you?
9: Yeah, I
6: just bought a computer um, with a standard hard drive, and I was thinking about switching out to a solid-state drive. Mm-hmm. If I load up the, like, say, Microsoft Office, on the, the existing hard drive, am I going to have to to buy the software again if I switch to a standard solid solid drive, oh. um, solid-state drive? Well, it, There's not it, enough room to put a hard drive and a solid-state drive, both in the same computer. Well, it really Small. depends
4: on, on how you transfer everything over. What operating system are you running? Oh, well, know, Windows uh, 10. Oh, Windows 10. So okay. you're lucky that you could probably just clone or use the Microsoft Windows... Um, uh, uh, what is it? System. Let's, is it a transfer tool? No, basically, you basically clone your existing hard drive.
5: Actually, some of the oh. solid state drives come with, come software, with the software that will do that for you.
4: No, thank you. I wasn't aware of that. I, I, um, you know, because solid states are usually were quite expensive, but they've been dropping substantially. Oh, would, oh, yeah, exactly. You can get uh, 500 gigabyte for around $100 now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I, right. But, well, the, Rob, I think you, uh, uh, what Kasdan is saying, go ahead.
6: How do you, how do you transfer it if it's outside of the existing if the solid state drives outside the computer? How do you to transfer everything in there?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
4: usually you, you transfer to an external, you know, a hard uh, hard drive, like you know, USB attached hard drive,
0: well, which could be the okay. solid state drive, right? Well, you but when you okay.
4: Yeah. So if you buy the solid state drive, right. um, as Kasten said, sometimes it'll come with software that you install on the operating system and then you connect the, the solid state up to it, it'll just clone it over for you right. through a right. USB cable. Right. If you use the Microsoft system um, image application, you'd have to create an image onto an external you know, hard, hard drive, drive. Right. install the new medium, and then use Microsoft's bootable media to restore the image to the new solid state. Okay. In both cases, you won't have to renew your licensing um, for Microsoft Office on either one, yeah, of those.
0: that's that's the good news for you. You won't have to no, worry that about discreet.
4: that. So when yeah. you purchase the Solid State, inquire if it comes with that
0: uh, cloning be software. Be really, really handy. All right, coming back, and we'll be talking with uh, Suzanne and Troy and you. Welcome back. It's the call-in version of the Internet Advisor. That's when you get to call in with your questions. And we're very fortunate to have this week the opportunity to not only bring you uh, two hours of excellent guests and interviews, but also on top of that to uh, open our phone lines at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957 for your questions. And let's go right back to the phone lines and say hello to... Suzanne from Troy. Suzanne, how may we help you?
1: Um, Hi, thank you for taking my call. I have a computer that my son uses mostly for gaming, and every once in a while I go on it, and there's something on it called Whiskey Services that pops up. Every time I open up a browser, it kind of attaches itself to it or opens up a second page. I tried to Google how to get rid of it, and I think it's I I read that it's embedded in the registry, so I am trying to look for an application or something I can buy that can get rid of it. I don't know what it is.
4: Hmm. Well, more than likely, it's, a, it's an add-on that's been added to all the browsers, Google Chrome, Internet Explorer, oh, yeah. Edge, Firefox, and it's e- it's either a Trojan or it's a search engine assistant. And uh, the first product I would always recommend is Malwarebytes. It's free. Um, you could download it from Malwarebytes.org or .com now. Right. Um, if you really like the product, you could purchase a yearly subscription, but you could download it for free. It's mm-hmm. fully functional for free, but you have to uh, install it. And initiate the scan, and it'll remove. Usually, identify and remove these add-ons or these infections that you have. Um, and 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 the drawback is it does not provide real-time protection for it. And if you want real-time protection, that's what you have to purchase to is buy that. for the twenty-five or forty-nine dollars, whatever mm-hmm. it is a year now. And, and I'm not familiar with what whiskey is, but I'm assuming it's a. um Uh, If you have a young son, more than likely he does want to do gaming. And and when he does, they usually look for cheats. And when you search for such and such a game, cheat those are the poisoned websites
0: that install this type of stuff for a good learning opportunity for your son
1: (laughs) yes exactly he's actually sitting listening to this and i want to make sure he knows that we downloaded this and we cannot i've tried so many ways to get rid of it um just one second you said malware uh, malware bytes is that b-i-t-e-s no B
0: -B B Y T E S
4: right and you can Malware use another bytes. home computer i mean it, sometimes this the software will not even allow you to go to malwarebytes.org or norton.com or whatever. Bleeping? Bleeping? because what they do is they oh, yeah. is right. that they actually intercept that because you're typing in the browser some of the more uh sophisticated, uh, sophisticated ones will prevent you from actually downloading it and so if that happens you have to use your another home computer download the the software and then install it or you know bring it over on a usb drive and install right. it
0: that's exactly
8: matter of fact what i did with my apple computer when i ran into that oh, problem that's a question if you use an alternate browser do, do they poison both browsers yeah they try to, okay. they try to. Yeah, yeah whatever
4: so yeah what? usually whatever browsers installed on the computer it'll infect every one of them at yeah the i had yeah.
0: Saf- safari and uh, and chrome oh. were both nailed okay. so
3: what negative impact is is happening because of this
1: um, I'm not sure. I'm scared to use it. I don't log into my mail accounts anymore because I don't know what it is. But, so I don't use my computer for anything anymore until I'm trying to get rid of it. So, yeah, so I'm. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what it does.
3: I'm wondering um, if it's not a plugin that he downloaded specifically as a plugin that it's not malware at all.
1: It, uh, no, I don't think no? so. I asked and we tried oh, okay. to get rid of it. And I, What I read when I googled is that it is Gotcha. Um, it's very difficult to get rid of. It is an add-on, but we didn't we didn't on purpose download it. And I know he goes to cheat sites all the time, okay. which is what worries me to begin with. I went to so.
10: Minecraft.
5: So, so yeah. Susan, uh, Susan, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and especially Minecraft yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> so,
0: exactly.
8: we
5: heard the defense yeah. so first off <laughs> I'm here in the studio giving you a standing ovation I mean it is so wonderful that you're not doing email or other things on this computer when you don't know what's happening right. so my so. hat's off to you for that one thing yeah, you may be able you. to it's do is go, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're a smart woman <laughs> so, so uh, the the uh, The one thing you might want to do is in your browser, uh, you can go to settings and find a a setting called add-ons, and you may be able to disable it there. Oh, yeah. And that's another way to do it. You could also go into the uh, Windows uninstaller and see if it shows up there, and you may be able to uninstall it there. You may have already tried that. And if yeah, not, I
1: actually tried both of those. The settings, it must be called something else in the add-on because I didn't see it there.
5: Yeah. and right. um, most likely not, is. I think right. I only
1: looked in Chrome, but um, but the Windows uninstaller, I didn't see it there either. So.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah very, very Which good. Which
1: is why t- I worried it's a malware. I don't know.
3: Yeah. You're probably right then if it's Well,
0: and, and again, uh, was the suggestion that Ed had was if you can find another computer to get to, it, so even if it's a friend's computer, uh, take an, a thumb drive. And uh, download the oh. malware
3: bytes install. Only if you can't get it on that computer. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Right,
1: and I, yeah. I, I'll try it. I have a laptop, point. which I use for my okay, other stuff. Okay, there you go. So I have, I have that option. But yeah, thank you for the hint, though.
0: Yep, and that that's one one way of getting rid of that. Okay. Yep.
4: And that's a good thank thing. Thank Thank you're you very much you for calling. And and for parents that have children that have their own computers, it's very good it's it's wise to always check them. Gary taught me this years and years ago where you could just wa- explain what you did with your kids.
3: Well, I just watched them. Um, <laughs> if that's what you're talking
4: yeah, about. Basically, yeah, basically and the, and then you'd said to them, "Hey, at any time, I'm giving you this computer, but at any time I may tap you on the shoulder and say, "Um, give me the computer, I want to take a, a look I'm to take a look. And then I'm... you do that, then, you know, the kids are like, well, I don't really want to do anything on this computer that is inappropriate, and because
8: and, uh, Dad could tap on me on the shoulder at any time.
3: Yeah, or you call him to dinner and then you check the computer.
8: Yeah. <laughs> and, then, so, and then sometimes, you know, you, because kids are part of peer groups and peer pressure can be crazy on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, he could have been trying just to learn how to do something with a particular game sure. and not necessarily doing anything malicious no. or anything like that and he just got bad advice from another kid that said, "Hey, scooter, let's get, let's go try this. We can get this cheat from here or there." And ran across something bad as well. Okay. All right, our number again 1-800-859-0957. We'd
0: love to hear from you. And hello to Jason from scooter. Westland.
9: Hey, how are you guys doing? Very good. How can we help you? Well, I've got um working off of my computer. I've had had this problem for a little bit, but now it's just coming back with a fury. I'm losing my Wi-Fi signal. Um, Whenever you pop up, you can find 10, 15 Wi-Fi signals in the area. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, it just just vanishes like I'm in uh, airplane mode. Um, I run my virus um, scan on it, uh, wipe out whatever viruses or adware is on there, shut it down, restart it, and it comes back.
0: Now, you're talking about your own... Wi-Fi? Yes, my own,
9: well, my own Wi-Fi on my computer, the mm-hmm. signal, the, the receiver on my computer to receive the signal from my um, Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it
4: just seems that for some reason. But after you re- you reboot your computer, it seems like your signals and all those additional access points all seem to be viewable.
9: Yes, they come after back. Reboot. I can, yes, then I can go back on it. Uh, then there are times that it will just disconnect. I've got to run a diagnostic. It... Takes care of the gateway or whatever, and then it um, gets me back on it. Then a little bit later, it just, then I'm, yeah. I'm gone. Okay, while I use works, this.
3: While t- you're using it, or is this. While I'm it? using it. Okay, because well, okay. I know that people have had trouble when it hibernates and then it doesn't come back. But this is, you're using it and all of a sudden it goes away. Right. Mm. Yes. Okay.
4: But, uh, well, uh, yeah, you know, don't wear tinfoil. No, just kidding. <laughs> so I did disco era clothing is a no no. So, So, but no, other than that, I I think I have a good idea, but Caston, you had an idea. No, I
5: I was going to the
4: sleep mode. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to go with that that, um, tinfoil hat issue. (laughs) So the other thing is, um, well, how many, two things, Um, how many Wi-Fi points do you have in your house? I mean, how, sorry, many people how many Wi-Fi it? devices do you have in your house? You probably have uh, cell phones, gaming systems.
9: Oh, oh yeah, I've got two kids on their phones at all times playing games.
4: Yep. How long has it been since you've upgraded your home wireless router?
9: Oh, got, uh, not since I got it.
4: Yeah. One of the things I'm thinking, the newest routers right now usually increase the the spectrum and what devices can catch to connect to them much better. So if you get a 802.11. Um, and device or AC device. Yeah. You'll you'll increase the performance of your home wireless network substantially and, and security.
3: And dual channel, right?
4: And dual channels. There,
0: there's some discussion among the, uh, so the we'll experts have... here. So yeah, stay hang line. on, hang on the line. We'll be back to, to talk a little bit more about this. Thank you for joining us for the program. Uh, by the way, you've got half, roughly uh, 25 minutes left to ask your questions. And we'd love to take that call, 800-859-0957. Let's go back to Jason in Westland. Uh, Jason, we were talking with you about um, the problem with the Wi-Fi. Oh, suddenly you were losing your connection to your Wi-Fi, right?
4: Right,
3: all the (coughs) Wi-Fi. Correct, and then
4: I recommended a router. But, you know, thinking about it, and I was corrected on this, um, other devices in the house would probably also experience the same thing. I was thinking that you were having some uh, weird wireless noise that was affecting your signal, but it really could have been a driver issue, as they described. But then I remembered something that happened to Foster's wife, mm-hmm. Jenny, and and there was a security update that Microsoft released in mid-December 2016, which caused this problem on I, I numerous
0: oh, lots. Yeah. I mean the, yeah. the Windows 10, uh, Windows 10 update. Yep, it it, it it was, was causing Windows-
4: the wireless networks to drop on a whole bunch of people.
0: So suddenly I be uh, I use a Mac, and so suddenly my wife be Well, oh, I can like, just knock me off. What what did I do wrong? You know, and it was nothing she was doing wrong. It was suddenly. Her, her, it would disconnect and say, you're no longer connected to the Internet. I said, what do you mean no longer connected to the Internet? I'm connected to the Internet. you got to be connected to the Internet because we're on the same uh, right. Comcast signal. So you might want to try downloading Microsoft
4: Security Update. And it's, it's been updated to fix the problem. Your computer should have already received it. Yeah. But just write this down. KB for knowledge base. KB three two zero eighteen forty five. So uh
10: three two zero
0: three two zero eighteen forty five. Okay, Jason, what we're gonna do by the way, don't uh we're gonna I'm gonna put this up on the website as well. Okay, so it's KB Knowledge Base three two zero one eight four five. Yeah. And this is for anybody else who's yeah. taking notes right now. Now when
4: I experience wireless issues on a laptop and especially a Windows device, I always go into device manager. And then I, in, in Device Manager, you can view all of your individual hardware components, your mouse, keyboard, uh, monitor, LCD, battery, but you go underneath the networking component of it, and you'll see your wireless network adapter in the list of the network adapters for the laptop or desktop that you have. And when I'm experiencing weird problems like this, I'll highlight my, my uh, Broadcom Wi-Fi adapter, 1745 and i'll just strike the delete key and windows says are you sure you wish to delete this device and i say heck yes <laughs> i don't say heck but yes <laughs> i Bye-bye. wish to delete this <laughs> and then i reboot my computer and let windows rediscover the network device if it asks me if i want to delete the driver software drivers that are associated with this hardware device i always, I always answer no and what this does is it allows windows to reload the software for that hardware device as if it's fresh, and that usually takes care of weird, you know, wireless networking issues. This has fixed numerous, hundreds of laptops that I've worked with in the past, is by removing the device, rebooting, and letting Windows rediscover and load the software.
0: Okay, Jason.
10: Okay,
9: sounds good.
0: All right, and as I say, I will post that information uh, number on our uh, homepage, all right? Thank you very much for being with us, and the number again, 800-859-0957. Jerry, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you?
6: I've got a Dell laptop. It's about four years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I turn it on, and all I get is a blank screen. It indicates that the battery is on, the connection to the uh, electricity is on, and all that, but it just blank screen.
8: Oh, that must be that universal screensaver they got running on there. <laughs> oh, don't do that. You, you know, what you might want to do, Jerry, you said you, when you turn it on, uh, on the top of the laptop or on the edge of the laptop, you'll see a little light that shows that the, the computer's turned on. And generally near that light, there's also some other lights, and one of them looks like a little disk drive picture. Uh, does that flash at all when, it, when, when you turn it on? Mm, no. Or do you see uh, any flashing lights?
6: There there are two two little lights, one when it's plugged in and the other uh when it's turned on.
4: Right, here's another test. When you power it on, does the cap lock actually toggle? Do usually cap locks have a have a light associated with them on Dell computers. So if you tap the the, the laptop or the cap lock <laughs> button, the that, cap lock on the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> that'll usually say if it's live or not. Um also, um, have you got an external monitor that you can connect to this laptop with a VGA or oh, a, yeah. a D port or a, a whatever?
6: No, no, I don't.
4: Well then, uh, well, but it does have a port on the side for usually or the back somewhere, yeah, doesn't it? I I, I could get uh, a display. Yeah, you could I just could take it over someone's house that has a display.
8: Yeah. Yeah, okay. charge it up fully, take it over to their house, plug it into the display, turn the display on, and then turn the laptop on and see if you get anything on the screen. If you get nothing, then that means there's some, still something wrong. With, it might still be something wrong with the laptop. If you get something on the screen, then it might be that the LCD panel in the laptop might be having some problems. Or just the backlight. So yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of
4: times you, you on laptops you could... If you have good eyes still <laughs> and a well-lit room, you'll actually see a ghost image of the Windows logo and the login screen, but there's just not enough right. light to actually right. view it.
0: Right. By the way, when, when you start up your computer, uh, do you hear the whirling sound of your hard drive spinning up? No. Oh, really? Maybe it is a power problem then.
5: Mm. Mm. Or
4: a hard drive problem. Or a drive problem. Something.
8: Are you really near, do you live near a computer store, like an independent store or anything like that?
6: Well, it's uh, a ways away.
8: Okay. 25 miles. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, it yeah, has a bit of a distance to drive. Yeah, how, about, know, how about a community college or, 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 or high school uh, uh, adult education anywhere near you?
10: No, Okay. Because no. yeah. I was going to
8: suggest you could always stop by there, and if they have like a computer class or anything like that, I'm sure there's someone there who could just take a quick peek at it and say, yeah, it looks like this or it looks like that. Yeah, but no if you try the try the monitor thing first yeah. and see how okay. that works out. Yeah, and and also there's a fan on the back of
4: these things or on the bottom so that when you hit the power button and you put it next to your ear... And you should hear some. You whirling. should be able to hear some yeah, whirling, exactly. and that's probably where Foster was going with that. Yeah,
0: because often, often you hear the the buzz and the click of a of a hard drive uh, mm-hmm. whirling. up. What we're doing, by the way, is kind of interesting. Caston pointed this out before Jerry. We are we are hacking the problem. In other words, we're trying to tease the elements of the program of the problem apart, and using different kinds of things to. Uh, to see if that really is the issue or not, uh, and for instance, listening for the hard drive spinning up, or you know the different kind of things we're talking about, our ways of looking for it. So try try the one thing which was connecting it to an external monitor to see if it's an issue with the monitors, and the other thing then would be to when you turn it on, see if you can hear anything happen. That's after you check that monitor. Yep. See if you hear anything spinning up. And I thought of a third thing: is sometimes laptops, if they get, if you, if they go into
4: hibernation mode, mm. sleep mode, then hibernation, uh, and and all laptops are susceptible to this. Sometimes they just get stuck and they will not wake up. So unplug the power, and if your laptop supports it, it's a Dell laptop. Pull the battery out, and then press and hold the power button on the laptop so that it can discharge the motherboard in there, and then put the battery back in plug it back in and then press and hold the power button to try to power it up or press it to power it up if that fails press and hold it for the five or ten seconds to power it up and don't do that to my
8: computer cal i have a dell in front of me and cal's (laughs) looking at the power button to see if he could do that well actually i was thinking of another thing that i hadn't even thought about and how about if he powers the computer up and then hold down the function key on the Dell. And on the top row, they oh, have that right. little button where you can switch monitors back and forth. Maybe that might make the screen come Oh, a, a function F8 or yes. something like that? Yeah. Mm. Try it. Okay.
4: Absolutely.
0: All sorts of different things you can try. But, Jerry, let us, by the way, when you get a chance, send us an email and let us know whether any of these things work for you. Because we'd be interested in following up on some of our own advice, Okay okay thank you thank you very much for giving us a call 800-859-0957 is the phone number we'd love to talk to you it's interesting uh uh, castan you were talking about this being hacking you know we're trying to tease apart the program
5: yeah and and that's really what hacking is is just relentlessly pursuing a problem with curiosity and going back to Josh Linkler's book, that's exactly what we're doing here. We're hacking problems.
0: You're relent- I like the idea of the relentlessly because that's a, been a, really a significant factor in the success the hackers have is, is that a patience of just teasing and teasing and teasing the
8: issue apart. Oh, that explains everything. When I was 16, that girl named Tina, I was hacking
5: her. Because
8: <laughs> I was relentless and I teased her a lot. <laughs> you know, the
5: statute of limitations doesn't... Doesn't wear out on uh, <laughs> hacking people. <laughs> she was bigger than me. So. <laughs>
4: yeah, what were you going to say, Ed? I, I was going to say um, I had a problem with the laptop years ago, and and basically it was the backlight on these things. And I'm like, how can I fix this old laptop? Basically, I just removed the plastic on the back, and the, and the and the back of the panel. Basically. I, I made the. It was a transparent laptop, so when I held it up to the window, that was my backlight.
0: <laughs> we, we hope that Jerry can find another solution than that. Here's a number, and it's uh, be your last chance to give us a call, so please don't be bashful. The only dumb question, by the way, is the one you don't ask: 800-859-0957. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Mike Stets, who's just been fantastic today, both our engineer and a producer, answering phone calls here and a longish kind of program, celebrating our 19th year on WJR. Very, very proud and thankful to WJR for allowing us to be on the program both giving you, we hope, uh, interesting uh, information in terms of the interviews that we have on the program, and then also uh, giving you an opportunity, like right now, to answer your questions as you call us at 800-859-0957. Let's go to Alan, who's calling us from Madison Heights. Alan, Alan how are you doing? Hi. How are you doing, sir?
7: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Very good. What can we do for you?
7: I have a problem with Microsoft Excel, where I, it keeps going into a no response or it freezes. Um, I'll have several uh, workbooks open. Uh, these workbooks have lots of formulas and all of that in it, but even it sometimes happens with just a simple workbook, and all of a sudden it's almost like it goes, it tries to autosave and then it freezes. Sometimes I have to hard reboot to get it, uh, and then I it will usually recover data to some point, mm-hmm. but I lose a lot of data, too, when this happens.
5: Hmm.
8: And no? this... this,
7: okay. this this has only started since I moved to Microsoft uh, 16.
8: Well, let's start off with one thing first. Um, you have Microsoft 16. In right. Excel, if you go up to the top where it says Excel and click uh-huh. on there, and it says check for updates, have you applied the latest updates to that Excel?
7: Affirmative, I have.
8: Okay. Second of all, how much memory is on your computer?
7: Uh, 12 megs of RAM.
8: 12 meg or 12 gig?
7: I'm sorry, 12 gigs. Okay,
8: very good. I was going to say 12 meg. We pretty much got that problem nailed down. (laughs) You got it. All right. Are you a type of guy that does a lot of multitasking? Do you have multiple applications open at the same time? Absolutely. Okay. And what are the other applications that you have open when you're using Excel?
7: Boy, it could be several websites, um, uh, Word once in a while, uh, and other than that, uh, Outlook.
8: Are you doing this on a laptop or a desktop? Laptop. How often do you reboot your laptop?
7: Uh, uh, This will do it, even if it's a a recent refresh. And and it just occasionally it does. It doesn't happen every time or every day. Just I, I can't even figure out, you know, exactly what causes it.
8: Now, the other possibility that I'm going to drop out there is it could be possible that the, the sheets themselves might have some sort of corruption in it. But Ed has discovered something, and I'm going to let him take this ball and run with it now. Well, two things Sorry. is that one of the things you said that it
4: hangs is do you have any mapped network drives on your computer? If, if this is a business computer, yeah. do you have any mapped drives to any network drives or SharePoints? Yeah.
7: Okay. Uh, not to SharePoint necessarily, except through Outlook, but definitely map to a shared drive uh, through a VPN.
4: Right. Sometimes that can really slow up the the startup performance, especially if your last workbooks opened and you ha- you're experiencing a networking issue. So, just think. I'm just trying to think about that. Try bring as an example if it's if it's a local workbook you're working on, which which I doubt it because you're using the Office three three sixty five. Um, that you might want to try offline and see if the the, the same problem manifests. Um, and j- j- just as a troubleshooting technique, turn sure. networking off to see it. And, and if it if the problem goes away, aha, it's related to networking. Um, that's the first thought. The second thought is, is if you've gone into Excel, and then trying to uh, disable any unused macros, or even Excel add ins, one of the things you can do we've run into bad add-ins in in the excel environment so if you go into file options and then go into add-ins um at the bottom there you can manage your excel add-ins but you can also manage your com add-ins as well on the bottom and when you do that you you could see that maybe you have a toolbar that's loaded that wait where did this toolbar come from oh that's right i loaded skype and, and I have a Skype add-in possibly in Excel. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what it is. You, you could temporarily disable those add-ins okay. a, and then see if the performance increases. That way you might be able to find out if there's an add-in to Excel, either a, um, an Excel add-in or a COM add-in that might be causing this startup issue. Now, the other third thing I wanted to ask is when you're starting up Excel, are you launching Excel and then doing file open or are you clicking on the actual item and double clicking on it and expecting Excel to launch as it should?
7: Probably most often, I will either go to my local desktop or to the share drive or whatever, uh, and this happens at work too. So I'm not con- right. connected through, uh, but I'll, I'll go to the Windows Explorer right. and, and open it. And
4: yeah. we all do, and that's just a habit that we've developed over time. So what I'd uh-huh. recommend is uh, is launch Excel by itself as. Uh and then do file open and what you'll probably find out is excel's launching just fine it's when you try to access this network resource local desktop resource that the problem might manifest okay okay
3: any other ideas gary no actually i think that's it i think it's it's where you're you're trying to access um and if you're accessing a shared drive it may be that is the problem
4: yeah, because a lot I of times won. antivirus software says, "Hold on, wait a second. He's doing it again. He's accessing something over the network. We got to scan it. Hold on. Okay, I'm not done yet. Okay, now we're done, and then will <laughs> okay, let you." Great.
3: I'm just. I've I'm, even had trouble. You know, when you take, I, I don't have trouble moving it to OneDrive but I will have trouble sometimes when I put it into, uh, say, Google Drive or into one of the other shared drives.
7: Okay, okay Alan. I, I, I like the idea of add-ins because uh, this happens even just local, not not anything connected to the shared drive. But you okay. gave me uh, several ideas, so All thank good. you very much. Good, good.
0: By the way, I understand you're visiting us from Tucson, Arizona? I am. Oh, uh, Kasten had something about uh, that
5: as well. A couple of other ideas is uh, you can start Excel in safe mode, and that will remove all the add-ins. Right. And uh, uh, that might affect your programs, but it's a quick way to try to see if uh, you get more stability. The other thing that you can do with uh, most versions of Office is go into the program installer, where you go to install or deinstall. And Uh on Office, you can actually do a repair Oh, that's right. And that repair function might uh, fix any corruptions that are in any of the DLLs. Now you've given away all our secrets. <laughs> Sorry
3: about that. <laughs> There's no
0: magic left. There's no magic, Harry Potter. Great,
5: great I was idea. excited. I had extra cake. <laughs> no, great idea. <laughs> great idea, Castor.
0: All right, Al, hey, safe trip back to Tucson, Arizona. By the way, if you want to catch us, you can catch us on the internet at internetadvisor.net. We publish our podcasts every week as well. So thanks for stopping by. Fantastic.
7: Thanks, guys.
0: You're welcome. You. All right, 800-859-0957. We have time for at least for one more. Quickly. Hello to... Jim from Westland. Hi,
10: Jim. How you doing? Okay, I'm on a, a snowball microphone. I do a professional broadcast on... I'm not going to plug where I do it. Oh, uh, all not? the way across the country. Oh, do you? And Yeah, I do. I've been in, off and on in broadcasting through my life. Now, what I want to tell the listeners, because I realize they've got a clock running, that I switched to uh, not make a phone patch, but to make a patch with the phone on Skype, which means I can use my snowball mic, which you can hear I think has good quality. Oh, very yes good. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, exactly.
10: So you Okay, you, now let me point ahead. out to the listener that you don't have to try it for $30 like I did. You can take just $10 and find out how good it works. Now, here's one thing I found out. If you're calling an 800 number, it doesn't deduct any time from your account, such as calling WJR today. That counter is not going down.
0: Ah, uh, with Skype you're talking about.
10: Right, exactly, mm-hmm. because... That way I can retain using the snowball mic and almost sound as good as you
0: guys. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, you old pro, because uh, we're talking about using uh, Skype in in the future on our program here uh, because one of our members is about to take uh, a journey south of the border. Uh, That is the Mason-Dixon line. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much, Jim, for being with us and for that promotion. Thanks so much, For all of you for being with us, 19 years we've had the privilege of being here at WJR, and we look forward to continuing. We are going to be uh, hacking our program that is working hard to make it better in this next year so that when we come to celebrate 20 years, it may be a very very different kind of program, hopefully a whole lot better one. I'm Foster Brown. On behalf of Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, Kel Carson, and Caston Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Connie, thank you for serenading us with your happy anniversaries. My Stets, thank you so much for all you do for us. Folks, have a great week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit InternetAdvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.